And we welcome you back again to the uh, today's podcast episode of Let's Open the Bible. It's Russ and Gavin, and we are still in John chapter 15. How are you? How are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, <laughs> that's not even an accent. That's not a known know language. That is. That's called trying to get a word out and it doesn't happen. It just got elongated. How are you? How are you? I'm prone to do that occasionally. Yes. For somebody who communicates for a living and has for his most of his entire 55 years, he does so poorly. No, I, I actually think that you're kind of the silver-tongued one of us that you you, you have that 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 smooth you almost sweet said voice. silver tongue devil you almost yeah. said silver tongue yeah, devil yeah, yeah. i appreciate your I, restraint I, I, I changed course um I, yeah i don't have that i don't have that voice i'm not and i'm very awkward in how i talk uh in fact I, there's not a chance in the world i would be a preacher if it were not for god and for his word well, I think that's probably true for me. No, that is true for everybody. If <laughs> you don't preach, I mean, if there's nothing to be preached, well, you you uh, could, yeah, but but preach, but it would be like hat and hat or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, what I mean by that is that I just get so excited about God and His Word that I feel like I have to share it, and and I my life is less meaningful because I told you I'm a reformed nihilist. I I just life, I just didn't understand what's the point if there is no God. What's the point? And there is none. But because there is a God, and then that gave me meaning, but then everything else was sort of meaningless, I needed to make much of him, which is why I, I, I went into the ministry. Very good. Very so, good. so listener, we're still uh, in John 15, and if you'll find uh, verses 18 and 19, I'm going to ask uh, Gavin to read after I pray. Okay. All right. Uh, Father, again, we love you and we praise you. And, Lord, we count it all joy. Uh, Father, though we fall into various trials and sufferings, Lord, because we know uh, that uh, those trials uh, lead to patience and uh, they complete us. Father, they perfect us. They grow us in our dependency on you, in our knowledge of you, in our appreciation of you. Uh, Lord, it, it is as I've heard uh, when, we, when all we have is you, we realize you, is, you are all we need. And so, Lord, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for your mercy and your word that just guides us in truth. Lord, as Gavin and I look at your word and we discuss um, what is being said, how it applies to our lives, Father, I pray this would be helpful. We thank you for the technology to be able to do this around the world, and that you would be glorified and praised. And, Lord, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, verse 18, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. All right? So we talked a little bit about the world hating us, but I, I don't... I think there were still some things there you wanted to cover. Right. Uh, well, the world hates you in many different ways. There, there are subtle ways. There are overt ways. There are a lot of different ways in which the world hates us. But again... Uh, it is impossible that the world has the same purpose, the same goal, the same telos as Christians do. Our goal, the chief end of man, is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That cannot be what the world's goal is. Yeah, and you know one of the ways that, that I think 
just recently in our life uh, over the last, excuse me, over the last, I don't know how long it's been, 10 years, 15 years at the most, is the growing celebration of and acceptance of gay pride. You know, when it first, when, when I first heard the term gay pride, the very first time I remember hearing about a uh, uh, parade or whatever it was that I heard about, and I think it was in New York, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong there. I just remember, I remember being kind of really shocked by that. And I, I remember thinking at that time, it was not nearly, though it was widely accepted, not nearly to the extent they didn't have the leverage then that they do now. And now it's what we were talking about in the last episode, that to have an opposing view is considered bigotry. And the hatred towards an opposing view for that has grown to me, it seems, exponentially I always, since that first came out. Okay, I always want to have, um, if I'm going to isolate a sin, I want to make sure it's the sin to isolate, and I don't believe same-sex attraction is the sin to isolate. So we're talking about this as one of, of many sins. Right. And I think the underlying sin, even of that, is pride, right? And, 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 and self-centeredness, uh, the expression of myself, my internal self. It's not what God has decided. It's not what God has declared. It's not what God has commanded. It's not what God has expected. It's me. It all becomes about me, which instead of worshiping and serving the creator who is blessed forever, amen, we begin to worship the creature rather than the creator. Okay, that's Romans 1, directly. And and by the way, that end up where you forsake God, the glorious God, and exchange it for those and worship things like man and the creeping things and four-footed. You know, when we do that, when we lose God as the object of our worship, we start worshiping ourselves. And by the way, I think it becomes so much about worshiping ourselves that we start worshiping people that look like us, and then that same-sex attraction uh, takes root. And that's where Romans 1 doesn't quite end, but the last little bit of it is about is about exchanging the natural use of a woman, men burning themselves lust right. for one another. That's right. So that, I mean, that is exactly what you're talking about. Now, let me get back to my point. I've seen pride in all sorts of things that make me concerned. I've seen Southern pride. I'm proud to be Southern. Well, pride, the Bible says from pride only comes contention. Yeah. And, and, and the example that I always use is you put a little bumper sticker on the back of your car that says, I'm proud of my honor roll student. What's the natural response? My son, and, and there are stickers out there that you'll read on the back of bumpers that say, my son beat up your honor roll student. Yeah. Or I'm proud of my son that beat up your honor roll student, right? Th th there's a lot of divisiveness. It's, it's, and, and so, um, you know, gay pride where, where you will recognize what I like or Southern pride or, you know, I, I will not wear a shirt that I have, though I think it's funny. That says um, because again it, it it reeks of pride. I think it's funny. Uh, my uh, my cousin's daughter made it for me, and I, I appreciate that and everything else. But it says uh, it's for the Fourth of July. It's got a picture of the British flag. I was born in, in England. I lived there three weeks, a very formative three weeks. But on this on this shirt, it says uh, Happy Treason Day, you ungrateful colonials, right? <laughs> and and that will stir up some pride. Love it or leave it, you know, and, and yeah. I, I, it's a joke to me. I, I don't, I try not to have that pride in anything. I, I, my identity is not in being from Pennsylvania. I'm not, you know, Penn State proud or anything like that. My identity is in Christ right. and that, that, and that provokes abject humility because I didn't earn it. 
In fact, what it took for me to boast in it was the cross. If I boast in anything, Galatians tells Galatians 6, if I boast in anything, it's in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what I've earned. I've earned the cross. I've, I've earned to put my king, my Lord, my Savior up on the cross, that he would die in my stead and take my punishment on him as the satisfactory and substitutionary uh, atoning lamb of God who took my sins on himself. Right. That's what I've earned. There's not a lot of pride in that. If I boast in anything, it's that cross. That, those are the wages of my sin. All right. Um, I, so so I, uh, what were we talking about? The world hating us. Right. 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 Um, let's get back to uh, the, the second part of that. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. So uh, proton human, right, is, is there, uh, uh, the world hated me first. Is that in time or is that in person and kind of quality? So is this an argument from the greater to the lesser? Christ is far greater than his disciples specifically in this, in this chapter and verse. And he's far greater than us. So is he saying, listen, you think they're going to mind hating you? You're way you're you're not of the quality. You're not even. We're not ontologically like Christ, but we're not of the quality of Christ, right? Um, so Jesus was perfectly innocent. Are you perfectly innocent? No. <laughs> so they have a, maybe a reason to hate you. The world has a possibly a slight reason to hate Russ Fox. The world does not have a reason to hate Jesus Christ, the perfectly innocent Lamb of God, but they hated him. So um, how about this one? Uh, he's perfect in truth. He has never, ever stated an untrue thing, ever. Have you ever lied? At least once. <laughs> Probably right then. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> no, when you said just once, was that a lie? I said at least once. <laughs> okay, all right, at least once. There you go. Um, it's so, a failed lie. Um, every word was intentional. It wasn't idle. I've, I've had idle words. Every thought was captive to the will of the Father. Have you ever had a, a wayward thought? Yes. Oh, my goodness, so um, Jesus, if they hated him first, is this that he is preeminent first, or is this time first? They hated him before they hated us in chronology, or that they hated him and he was perfect? It doesn't matter. How in the world do the disciples, and subsequently us, think that we're going to avoid this hatred of the world? The only way that we avoid this hatred of the world is we live ungodly lives. All those desiring to live Godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, period. Yeah. Do not be surprised when fiery trials come upon you. More than this, we rejoice in our sufferings. And again, we are not suffering seekers. I, I, I know I've said that probably on the podcast. I've probably said that 70 times. We don't seek suffering. That's not what we seek. But when you seek Christ, they hated him, the perfect, innocent, truthful son of God. Why do we think they won't hate us? Right. And I don't want to boast in that either. Hey, I stood up to, for Christ today and they hated me. I've seen people like that. Oh, I went into, you know, I, I was in this store the other day and I made much of Jesus and they hated me. That's not, you, you, that's a lamentable fact. We should be Jeremiah who wept over those things. He was the weeping prophet because it broke his soul that his nation was turning against God. Yeah. And every time he opened his mouth, he was beaten or imprisoned. And then he said, you, you oh man, God, you tricked me. So, um, all right. Um, I'll, I'll give you another one. Here's another one. Uh, so Jesus is our example. He was hated by the world. 
before the 11 apostles, apostles were. All right. So why are we all going to be hated? This is a really interesting thing. Um, you want to read first John three. Do you have first John? If you get there, um, first John three, uh, and, and read it, uh, first John three, 11 and 12. And this is about Cain. Uh, and it's going to give us the why and it's why in Cain and Abel and why Abel was hated by Cain. And this is why you'll be hated. Uh, and you don't have to go out and make much. You don't have to shout from a corner that evil is evil and good is good. If you just live your life faithfully to good being good and what we seek and what we cling to and what we hold to and evil being evil, what we reject, um, this is what will happen. Go ahead. First, John. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Why, why did it doesn't even make sense to the carnal mind? Why am I hated because I'm good? <laughs> right. Why did Cain hate Abel because he was good? Yeah. Yeah. Was it the time of Nero or, or shortly thereafter when, um, you know, they're, they're murdering Christians and yet they recognize that actually they were good citizens? Yes. Yeah. They, they, they were intentionally and biblically. Uh, the, the Christians were were great citizens, acknowledged to be great citizens, and yet there was hatred. Yeah, because because the world again, Nero had a different goal than the Christians did. Nero wanted to be worshipped as a god king, and Jesus alone takes that that role in the heart of Christians and in the practice of Christians as well. You know, Polycarp is a great example of someone that suffered, and one of the things that when the pro-council announced him to, re, uh, told him to renounce, and, and I'm going to mess this up, but the the the, uh, the martyrdom of Polycarp is a well-known account, and he's you know he's standing in this arena before the pro-council, and he's he's going to be martyred, and he is ultimately martyred, and the pro-council is giving him all these demands, and hey, we'll let you go if you do this, and and he just says renounce the pagans, and and Polycarp you know glances towards the audience or makes a gesture towards the audience and says, I renounce the pagans. You know, I mean, he's just bold. Um, yeah, they, he was a good citizen, but called out. He, he just, his allegiance was not to any pro-council or ultimately Caesar. It was to God. Well, Jesus called it early on. He said, light is coming into the world, but men prefer darkness because oh, yeah. their deeds are wicked. It was absolutely, absolutely. And, th and that doesn't make sense to the carnal mind. Why would I hate anybody that's good? Because your deeds are evil. Yeah. It is it is a it is a very present reminder of your wickedness. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other thing is um, we shouldn't suffer just because you know we're doing bad things. But I want to read something specifically uh, that may help us in this. First Peter two nine. Uh, sorry. Uh, yep. Yeah, First Peter two nineteen. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if you if when you sin and are beaten for it you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Christ gives us the example of what it looks like to suffer for the sake of, of God, his Father, and, and ultimately the Godhead. Yeah. And, and we suffer for doing good. It, in fact, it's not commendable if you suffer for doing evil. Yeah, as a child, it's almost like getting a whipping for cleaning your room. Right. Because your brother, because your mom's upset that she didn't clean the house, you know. Again, if she were jealous of you, you're always doing what's right, spanking you. You're always doing what's expected and spanking you. 
because because the world it, it, it's I know I've probably used this example before, um, and this is really a, a little you know it may turn some some listeners off, but I've been drunk once in my life um, <clears throat> uh, in in college. My room, my friends told me you can't tell us not to drink if you've never been drunk, right? And to a young, impressionable, and really dumb man, that made sense. So I went out and drank one night. I was like, okay, that makes sense. I can't tell. Well, then it hit me. I've never preached at them and lectured them. I I wasn't doing that. So what did they see in me that convicted them without words? I didn't sit there, why are you drinking? What's your problem? I just didn't drink. That was it. They were convicted by your presence. Yes. That's all I did was not drink. And I, at that time, I didn't even have good motives. I just didn't drink, you know. So it wasn't like I, you know, I was glowing with holiness. So, anyways. Well, you know, I remember I was at a wedding one time, and uh, they served alcohol at this wedding. I think it was wine. I don't remember beer or anything else. But anyway, we were sitting down. It was a meal after the wedding, and uh, Christy, my wife, knew several people. I, I knew very, very few people there. And I think it was a coworker of hers that actually got married. But anyway, one of the ladies across the table from us uh, was a professing Christian who was drinking wine. And she looked at me. She said, I see you look at me with those judgy eyes. And I thought, I, I, I haven't looked at you. I mean, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say anything because I knew the source uh, of where that was coming from. She was feeling uh, con- you know, convicted. Can we, can we flip that, though, for a second? No. I've heard way too many preachers go, you know why Russ wasn't, didn't come back to our service? Because he heard the word preached. And that just makes me cringe. Yeah. You know, because I know this. I, I can be very confusing. I can be long-winded. I can be, you know, I, I, I can be uh, too playful at times from the pulpit, which, which is to my shame. I can be too uh, screamy from the pulpit. Like, I've got a lot of issues from the pulpit, right? Um, and so when somebody goes, and I've heard other pastors that weren't very good saying, you know why, you know why Russ didn't come back? Because he heard the truth and he couldn't handle it. Maybe, or maybe you're just not a good preacher, or maybe he just he, not their cup of tea. Maybe right, right, or, or or maybe he was visiting or something like that. But it's incredible how we just we project onto them what 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 soothes our soul. Right, you know. It wasn't me. It had to have been the spirit convicting him. So you'll never see him back again. Yeah, we project our insecurities. Right. So sometimes, sometimes it is the spirit convicting them. Absolutely. And, and in the case of drinking, and I'm going, wait, I don't talk to them about not drinking. Yeah. What else could it be? I don't know. Um, and then, and again, I don't fully know it was the spirit, but something seems to convict them apart from my words, which weren't there. Uh, and this lady that you said you didn't really say anything or even look at her in any way, much no. less a judgmental. I way. just wasn't drinking, and yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and so, and so, probably, maybe that is the the Holy Spirit convicting, or or just even you know, the the, uh, the laws of God written on the hearts of men. There's a natural awareness of they shouldn't be drinking in, th- in those cases. Or here's the crazy thing: I am not a theological teetotaler. So if I saw her, not only would I not look at her judgmentally, I don't even think that it would be wrong necessarily. Necessarily, right. there are times when it's wrong, for right. sure. And I and and I'm with you in that sense. I didn't feel like it was wrong. I, I'm not, I don't think it's wise, but I didn't feel like it was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I love how you slipped that in because that is one of our areas of difference. I would love for you to have pulled Jesus aside and just say, Jesus, you have the right to drink. I just don't think it was wise. That's why some people go. That's why some people say that was not wine. When Jesus drank oinos, oinos, and the, and John the Baptist came neither dr- eating nor drinking wine, 
Jesus came eating and drinking and being a friend of sinners, and we say, nope. But anyways, you could pull them aside. Uh, are you done? Uh, uh, probably. I don't even know where we were going with all of that other than um, Jesus. It hated yeah, The world hated him first. Um, Christians, perhaps, and this is where maybe you get on your knees and you wrestle with God and wrestle with God through his word. The word always being right. If you have a problem with the word, it's not the word, it's you. Right. Wrestle with him. But maybe you're not being hated because you're not standing on his word. Now, don't go pick a fight and be a punk. But you won't have to, I don't believe, if we stand on his word. I think there will be some natural, uh, a natural reaction to it. Okay. That's good. Uh, listener, again, we thank you for joining us on this uh, podcast episode. We look forward to catching back up with you in future episodes. Until then, we just encourage you to continue to open your Bible, wrestle with God's Word, uh, spend time talking to Him in prayer and listening to Him through the Word. Until then, until we see you again, God bless.